Don't touch that dial. It's the American Grooves Radio Hour with your host, Joe Lauren. Sunday, everybody. Joe Lauro here, and welcome to the American Grooves Radio Hour. And this Sunday, for the next hour, we will be exploring jazz away from home. The earliest of the earliest, starting with the very early years of the last century and going up till about 1937, we're going to hear some wonderful music that was brought over from America, went across the pond in so many different variations and for so many different reasons. Of course, most of you know that that track that you just heard was the great Stefan Grappelli and Django Reinhardt with their 
quintet of the Hot Club of France in the 1930s, late 1930s, their version of Avalon. But the story of jazz in Europe goes considerably further back than that.
bridge between ragtime and jazz, no doubt. The Versatile Four, an African-American group that began uh, at James Reese Europe's club in New York around 1910 and toured Europe in the early years of that decade, around 1913-14. That recording of Wilbur Sweatman's Down Home Rag was made in February 1916 when they had settled in London. Gus Haston was the mandolin player, and this is an extremely vibrant example of African-American string ragtime with traps, better known as drums. And this is the beginning of it all in many ways with African-Americans in Europe playing jazz. There were recordings made earlier in the ragtime era and before, but this to me is very significant in that it begins this craze for jazz that was about to emerge in America in 1917 with the original Dixieland Jazz Band at their residency at Weisenweber's Club in New York in Midtown Manhattan in 1917, and it moves over to Europe. Why did these African-American musicians go to Europe? Well, first of all, they didn't have to deal with the BS that existed in America in regards to Jim Crow and segregation. Black performers back then had to find a string of homes owned by other black performers or people that would put them up when they were playing on a vaudeville circuit. They could not stay in hotels in America. God knows they couldn't date, you know, white women or anything like that. There was a freedom in Europe where their artistry was appreciated. They played to white audiences. They could stay in white hotels, and God knows, good enough reason right there to go over. But jazz in Europe begins right around then. And then in 1919, the original Dixieland Jazz Band, which really began the jazz craze in America, well, they went over to London after their stint at Weisenweber's. And in 1919, they made this recording in London of their sensation rag.
Yes, by 1919, small band American jazz with all its chaos and its joy and its exuberance had invaded polite London. Before then, you know, dance bands uh, did exist, of course, and they were kind of a little squarer, we could say. They certainly weren't jazz. And, you know, you listen to those recordings, the, the Dixieland Jazz Band, and it sounds very archaic to you now, but believe me, it was totally revolutionary. People did not play music that way regularly. And the original Dixieland Jazz Band really, you know, they clearly were not the inventors of jazz, but they clearly brought that sound to a broader public and brought it across the pond to London, where they had a great success. Now, just to give you a little contrast, here's a recording from just a little bit later, like 10 years later, but it gives you an idea of what people were used to in London and probably through most of Europe. Allow me to present to you on this Columbia record, London's great new dance orchestra, the Savoy Hotel Orpheans, a name familiar to millions of gramophone or radio enthusiasts throughout the world, and now representing a sparkling new combination of the cleverest of dance musicians. Meet some of them. First, there's Howard Jacobs, who can with all confidence claim to be Europe's greatest saxophonist. He has come over from Claridge's Hotel specially to lead the Savoy Orpheans. Just listen to this golden-toned saxophone. And here is Carol Gibbons, just back in London after his triumphs in Hollywood. Carol is an absolute master of dance rhythm on the piano and was recalled by cable to help make the Savoy Hotel Orpheans the rage of the season, which they are already acclaimed to be. Starita, who is nightly fascinating dancers at the Savoy with his magic on the xylophone. Rudy could almost guarantee to make the whole world dance. And here is another star instrumentalist, Hugo Rignold whose alluring playing on the violin is one of the irresistible attractions of this band. He is joined by the famous Bert Thomas on his guitar. I only wish that time and opportunity were available to introduce to the others of these young dance wizards. The Savoy Hotel have spared no expense to secure the finest musicians for their band. And you will have their wonderful dance records on Columbia, and only on Columbia. Look out for them, for they will create a bigger sensation than anything you have yet known. 
I know all my friends that are listening in Europe that know far more about this music than I do are probably saying, what? But, you know, I think that really is a great contrast. When you listen to the, you know, the craziness of the original Dixieland jazz band and then the sort of square, proper dance music. Yes, a sparkling new combination of the cleverest of dance musicians. It's just the opposite of the craziness that was jazz. The exuberance, the innovations, and the creativity that went into playing that free-form music, which was beginning to be the rage in London, in Paris, and around Europe. And, you know, certainly by the mid-1920s, lots of European groups were forming. And here is an extremely rare recording by a band recorded in Paris. They only made two recordings— Really, two recordings on one record, one side each. So it was one record recorded in 1932 by the Le French Hot Boys. And it's clearly a jazz band. The influences of the original Dixieland jazz band, of radio, the early radio, and of phonograph records had infiltrated and become common and the rage throughout Europe. Here is China Boy by this very obscure jazz band.
Charles Remus New Stompers recorded in London in 1927. Tune called Roll Up the Carpets, another great obscure jazz band playing around England and probably around Europe. Again, I'm not an expert on all of these bands, but I do have some of these recordings. And uh, obviously the jazz age had arrived. We're in the mid-1920s now. And, you know, besides these European groups, there were many eight expatriates, African-American musicians, singers, dancers, who came over to Europe in reviews that were traveling. And um, one of the most famous was Josephine Baker. She had appeared in Black Vaudeville and reviews and even the show Shuffle Along, the groundbreaking Noble Sissel, UB Blake, Black Broadway show from the early 1920s winds up in Paris with another review. I think, I'm really not sure which one it was. I know you scholars over there do know that. But anyway, she is in Paris and in 1925-26 begins recording and is now at the Follies Bergère with their reviews and becomes the rage of Paris. And here is one of her first ever recordings, the popular song, Dinah. Josephine Baker, Paris, 1926. Thank you. 
Old Paradise and the Cotton Club. Now you in Harlem, I'm telling you. I'm red hot from Harlem. Gay place, hey, place where people just never fret or frown. I'm red hot from Harlem, where folks look like shadows, the mama ladders and high ground. That's where they pour the gin for all the nation, and where they put the sin in single patient. Where big boys are strutting and lazy and good for none, so get hot in red hot Harlem town. Now a parson or a deacon is surely bound to weaken when a pretty girl comes sneaking round. And when they hold the Estes, why they've got to get asbestos to keep the place from burning down. High silk hats and suit of satin, they can't walk uptown Manhattan, shake their fatten this and that and everything. Temperature cannot be higher where the people all perspire. Hot chocolate, what chocolate? You've got to call around. Oh, yes, indeed. Ah, get off, boys, get off. Surely tell them from Harlem, can't you? Oh, keep you. <laughs> yes, indeed. I'm a telling you. <laughs> Adelaide Hall, who was also in Shuffle Along in the United States in New York in the early 1920s, made her way also in a review in the early mid-1920s, and there she was in London in 1931 with Benny Payne, an African-American pianist, accompanying her on I'm Hot for Harlem. And Adelaide Hall, again, was one of several expatriates, singers, dancers. Now, Noble Sissel first went to Europe with James Reese Europe's fighting 369th during World War I. They were a black marching band, jazz band, and lots of those musicians stayed in Europe. Noble Sissel went back to uh, um, the United States after the war and was successful with Shuffle Along, but then went back to Europe, London, in the late 1920s and led a very, very popular jazz band with none other than Sidney Bechet on clarinet. And here is that band recorded in London in 1930. Bechet had left at this point. He, re- he came back to the band a little bit later, but he's not on these sides. But the great Tommy Ladnier, the, the New Orleans trumpet player, is on this side. It's called You Can't Get to Heaven That Way. Thank you. 
raise up the devil on Monday. Oh, you can't get to heaven, can't get to heaven that way. You got one gal Tuesday and another gal on Wednesday. Oh, you can't get to heaven, you can't get to heaven that way. If you like me, like I like you, we gonna see the light. Cause I want your arms and I want your lips and I want them every night. Come on and cuddle, come on and shout hallelujah. But you can't get to heaven, you can't get to heaven that way.
few recordings of expatriots making their way in Europe. That was Valeta Snow, known as the Queen of the Trumpet, and also known as Little Lewis. She was at one point considered the second greatest trumpet player just below Louis Armstrong. Uh, not sure if I believe that, but clearly uh, that is how she was being billed, and people did consider her to be one of the great. She performed in the United States. She, along with Josephine Baker, uh, did some reviews in New York and toured around Chicago everywhere. Then Valeta uh, wound up in Harlem, where she played in nightclubs and really couldn't quite make it. But 
had much greater success in Europe and in London, particularly, uh, where she recorded that side in 1934, I Can't Dance, I Got Ants in My Pants. Valeta Snow later wound up allegedly in a prison camp uh, by the Nazis during the war. Um, a very tragic life. She went back to the United States and died at the age of 51 of a cerebral hemorrhage around 1956. A sad story of an amazingly talented woman who went to Europe and had her greatest success there. And in the United States, really toiled in relative obscurity. Sad story, but there she was in all of her glory in 1935. And before that, pianist Sam Wooding, who led a band throughout Europe, recorded in Berlin, 1925, and then on to Paris in the late 1920s. And he had a band of African-American musicians, including uh, Doc Cheatham, the great Doc Cheatham, Albert Wynn, great trombone player, um, who else was in that band? Uh, Freddie Johnson on piano. And they were the rage of Paris in the late 1920s. Sam Wooding, she's funny that way. Well, folks, if you're just tuning in, this is Joe Lauro, and you've been listening to the American Grooves Radio Hour, where each Sunday night at 4 and at 10 o'clock, we repeat the show at 10 o'clock, we're playing 78 RPM records from my collection and various different themes. And tonight, we're playing Jazz Away From Home. Uh, jazz Across the Pond, whatever you want to call it. Some of the great jazz recordings made in Europe from 1914 on to the late 1930s. And you're listening to us on WLIW-FM Southampton over the air at 88.3 and serving Eastern Long Island and Southern Connecticut. 96.9 in Western Suffolk and streaming at WLIW.org backslash radio and on all of your favorite streaming platforms. This is listener-supported WLIW-FM, Long Island's only NPR station. Louis Armstrong's first tour of Europe was in around 1934, he performed in London. They didn't quite know what to make of him. They weren't used to his mugging and his whole presence, but they certainly loved his trumpet playing and his singing. And he made a bunch of recordings while in Europe. And here is one where they actually give him one side of the record just playing the trumpet and then the other side, the same tune where he is just singing. And this is a song that he played for years called On the Sunny Side of the Street. This is the side of the record where Lewis, in 1934, is just playing his trumpet. Paris, 1934, Louis Armstrong and his orchestra on the sunny side of the street.
From the Philippines, the great piano player and band leader Fred Elizaldi, who led a band in London, played in Europe in the mid-1920s. So not only did African-American jazz musicians flock over to the old world. Elizaldi had a great band, and in fact, on that recording, made in 1927, the song is called Arkansas, and members of the East Coast-based band, the California Ramblers, are in that group. Notably, uh, the great bass sax player, Adrian Rolini, who is blowing some mean stuff on that, Vince Giordano's favorite bass sax player. Hello, Vince. Hope you're listening. And also two other people, uh, Chelsea. Quilly uh, and um, I think Bobby Davis from the California Ramblers are in that group. Well, folks, we're just about done here. I hope you have enjoyed Jazz Away From Home here on the American Grooves Radio Hour. We will be back next week with God knows what, but please listen. We're here at 4 and 10. And until then, have a great week. Be safe and keep listening. Joe Lauro signing off. Okay! America! The American Grooves Radio Hour is brought to you weekly on WLIW-FM Southampton, 88.3 on your radio dial, and at WLIW.org, and all streaming formats.